I'm confident that uh, I'm getting something out of the journey. Um, so I'm not as I'm interested in certainly uh, certain levels of success and measurable success, but I'm also clear that I'm, I've been I've been evolved and and improved as a person as a result of, of going through this. Episode 143. What's going on, ladies? Welcome to the Biz Women Rock podcast. I'm your host, Katie Kremitzos, and I am bringing you tremendous stories from business women all over the world in all sorts of different industries. So they can talk about their business journey so yours can be inspired by it. Before we get rolling, here's a little word from our awesome sponsor. The most savvy businesswomen know that their marketing has to stay fresh and relevant. That's where Postcard Mania comes in. From direct mail, email marketing, to Google pay-per-click, Postcard Mania provides proven strategies that produce results for your business. Get started today with a thousand free postcards at postcardmania.com forward slash bizwomenrock. Today, I have the pleasure of having Marlo Rencher on the show today. She's the founder of a company called Snapsure. Snapsure is an app that allows you to get real-time feedback from people that you trust about small item purchases that you're going to make. So let's say that you are going and trying on a dress at the at the store. You can actually use Snapshot to just say, hey guys, what do you think? And right away without having to go through this massive like group text or putting it out on social media in a public space, you can get real-time feedback about some of the purchases that you want to make. Really great idea. Um, she is a multiple-time startup gal. She's had two prior startups to this. She is an anthropologist who studies startups and sort of the culture of entrepreneurship. So in this conversation, we not only talk about her experience from going from corporate to getting involved in startups, having her own startups, and what she's done through the you know ebbs and flows of the multiple startups that she's had. But we also go into what it means to be a startup now and what the environment is for startups. So if you are starting up a company and want to know about kind of what the environment is out there, what the landscape is, what to do for your business that will help make it successful and not make you just another statistic, this is a great interview to listen to. So let's do it. Marlo, what's going on, girl? Thanks so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Biz Women Rock podcast. I'm so thrilled that you're here. Um, you are like somebody that I'm going to consider a very wise woman in the space of startups. And, and so <laughs> I'll take that. <laughs> I, I, I want everyone to be able to hear a little bit about your story and, uh, and really reveal a lot of the, the information that you know. So can you start off by letting us know, like, how did you even get involved in business in the first place? Sure, sure. I'm um, actually a native of Detroit, Michigan. And one of the things that I noticed in that when I was growing up is that, um, you know, a lot of times in my neighborhoods, I saw places where there should be businesses, um, but they didn't exist. And so I started to think about, okay, how can I be somebody who actually starts businesses in my community? And so, you know, I kind of had this bubbling in my head. I um, 
I ended up going to school for marketing uh, and have pretty much a business background and um, ended up going to uh, the University of Michigan to get my MBA. And I thought I'd had to do this corporate thing for a very, very long time. Uh, but I took this urban entrepreneurship class with a really great professor. And it turned out that um, I found out that entrepreneurship is something that's a lot more accessible than I thought. I thought I had to do like 10 years and then start a business. But um, actually, I started doing entrepreneurial things right after that, working in an incubator for a long time. And um, after that, actually started my first business. So um, it, it was really something that started from, from really young um, and really launched after I finished graduate school for the first time. So you had you you that kind of seed of entrepreneurialism and that entrepreneurial spirit was definitely in you at a young age. Did you have any idea of what kind of business you wanted to open, or was it just like, hey, I want to be able to bring business here? Actually, you know, I was really interested in technology type businesses. I mean, my parents bought me a computer really, really young, um, way back when, and you know, tech just kind of inspired me. Um, I. My original start was around, um, you know, I, I helped develop businesses that were more general, but the first business that I started was um, called Jazz Digital Marketing. It was really a digital marketing company. We did websites, uh, kiosks, and, and web development type stuff in like the late 90s, early 2000s. Wow. Now, did you, when you started Jazz Digital, were you still working your job or had you like officially made that leap? Well, um <laughs> Actually, what happened was um, I had been working a job and working with a mentor of mine, and he was doing a lot of entrepreneurial things. And then a huge crisis happened. I mean, I love doing the entrepreneurial thing, but then this huge crisis happened. Let's just say um, uh, there were some legal things involved. And Uh-oh. so I found myself not, uh, not having a place to, to go. Um, but I still wanted to do entrepreneurial things. So, um, you know, I kind of took a moment, really thought about what I wanted to do. And, you know, to talk about a, a, like a small, still voice inside you, um, something really spoke to me and said, hey, try this entrepreneurial thing. Um, and it turned out like later that day when I had that moment of thinking about it, a friend of, me, a friend of mine over drinks told me about this woman who was really good with web development. We met. And then we just decided to start a business from there. So, um, you know, it, it was something that came out of crisis, but was really serendipitous. And it was about a four years of uh, roller coasters and interesting, interesting business um, insight that I got from that experience. Well, for so for your first startup, what I'm very curious about is what was one of the major lessons that you can really pinpoint that you learned probably the hard way, I'm guessing, <laughs> that, you, that you've <laughs> right. really been able to, to implement in all of your other business endeavors? Um, I think uh, this is, a, this is a, a, a lesson that I'm, I'm continuing to learn, but I'm trying to get better at it and better at it and better at it. And that is just because you can do something doesn't mean that you should do that thing. Um, <laughs> you should be as focused as possible. You know, we, we ended up doing a lot of different kinds of things. You know, that was back when like being on the internet or doing something digitally focused was just, you know, considered to be cool. And so there's a lot of like bright, shiny things that caught our attention and we, we ended up stretching ourselves. So 
if we had just focused, you know, we were work, working mostly with, um, you know, people in the music business and in entertainment who wanted to do something interesting. If we had really focused on a specific set of um, of uh, services and really focused on implementing that well, I think that could have been a lot more helpful and helped us uh, stay around a little longer. And, you know, as I've gone on and done other business, I've really tried to be a lot more focused in my approach. Mm. So then you, that business winded down and then you ended up having Sweat. Tell us a little bit about Sweat and where that idea came out. Okay, so Good Sweat came as um, an idea that um, bubbled up when I was in the doctoral program. I, I, I have a PhD in anthropology, believe it or not, and um, my interest was in entrepreneurial communities. And one of the things that I was doing as I was studying entrepreneurial communities, I, I, you know, there was this business idea that was bubbling in the back of my head. And it's a lot better for me as an anthropologist, and any anthropologist you talk to will tell you this, it, you, it's better to be a participant as you're studying. So I had this idea. Um, I was in kind of the dissertation mode, and I said, okay, what would it be, it, what would it be like if we could um, – help people who are doing like marathons and um, other kinds of uh, activities for a cause. What, what, how could we help them tell their story a lot better? Because uh, as, as I talk to people who did it, they love running that marathon or they love, you know, making that walk or whatever it is that they were trying to do for a cause. But they, the whole fundraising piece was a problem for them. So I was trying to create a tool that helped them tell their story a lot more easily, impactfully, and help them raise more money. And so, um, you know, that idea kind of bubbled up. Um, we had um, excellent support in terms of getting a little bit of funding, um, but we really had to focus on implementation. What I found out with that is that it's really, really difficult for me to um, try to implement with just myself um, and also trying to, like, wind down a Ph.D. program. So um, that, you know, I've... I've my lesson from that was really about making sure that I have the right team with me um, to to do what it is I tried to do. You know, you are such a, you're standing in such a unique space because not only have you been and are you an entrepreneur, but you also bring this like study of entrepreneurship. And what I'm, what I'm really interested in is what are your thoughts on so many of the like startup communities that they're de- they're definitely not anything new, but they seem to be getting a lot of attention. They seem to be bolstering up over these past couple of years. Can you talk a little bit about like what you've seen and maybe even what you've seen in Detroit for startup communities and some of the trends that you're seeing? Absolutely. Um, I can say that um, as a member of the startup community in Detroit, um, that it's, um, it's been a really interesting um it's been a really interesting ride. I think Detroit itself um, has a lot of things going on right now. Um, there's a lot of uh, development around um, the stadium, and there's a lot of things that are happening um, downtown. But the interesting opportunity is to try to to make sure that the people who are doing startups are as inclusive and diverse as possible. Because one of the things that I've learned in, in all the startup communities that I've I've been involved with is that the set of problems that people are attacking can sometimes be a little narrow. So it's easy to think about like the next Twitter or a great way to find a great restaurant or a way to pair a wine with uh, something or another. But 
um, I'm not seeing as much support for things that, you know, might help somebody who's a single mother who is trying to get her degree and also handle, you know, with, you know, dealing with her kids. So I think that to the extent that um, startup communities are inclusive in terms of the people that they support, um, not just with business planning, but also with angel investment and funding, um, I think we will see a lot more interesting problems being addressed and, um, you know, applications and, and solutions that are, you know, frankly, a lot more relevant um, because we just have the opportunity to be, be more relevant as a startup community, I think, globally. Well, and I think the power is in the people around you. I mean, I'm, you know, my husband and I run a local entrepreneur, entrepreneurs organization here in Tampa Bay. It's not, mm-hmm. I would not call it an incubator, but there are definitely incubators here in the Tampa Bay area for startups. And w- there's just so much power in brainstorming with other people because you could be Absolutely. sitting in your basement and thinking that, wow, this idea is so awesome. And yes, I'm doing research on Google and there's nothing like it out there. And you never know who's developing some <laughs> something exactly like that or just somewhat similar, just a hair off. And maybe you guys can strategize together and partner together. I mean, the, the power is in being able to sort of do, I would consider it almost like a, a, a mid-step of, um, you know, testing to see what people even think of the idea. So uh, I mean, there's power in that, in that being able to sort of like, you know, this masterminding of different ideas and concepts and things like that. Um, one thing that I've always wondered is when is a startup not a startup anymore? Like when, when, <laughs> what's the difference between a young company and a startup? <clears throat> yeah, I, I mean, that's, that's actually a really interesting and great question. My personal belief is that when you validated your product market fit, that, you know, you, you're able to actually predict revenue. Um, and there'll be some that, that would uh, argue that you maybe never can do that. But when you're able to predictably, when you can actually write a business plan and not laugh, <laughs> I think you're you're going beyond startup stage. Because like most that. people know when you're in startup stage, I mean, business plans are wishful thinking at best. Um, it's a great exercise to go through, but you know, like you said testing with customers and things like that, that's going to be the the much truer way to represent your company. So, you know, in my opinion, it's really when, when things get a little bit more stable and now, you're able to predict. Marlo, what fascinates me is that, you know, you've, you're now on your third startup and entrepreneurs in general are people who can tolerate a lot of risk because we're willing yeah. to stick our necks out there. We're willing to try something else. And especially in the tech startup space, I feel like that's even accentuated a little bit more because tech moves so fast. So even if you have a phenomenal idea, no one else is doing it right now, like your ability to get to the market quickest is key. And um, yeah. I mean, so... Uh, I'm, I'm jumbling all my thoughts here for a second, but um, you know, with your experience in your startups, how have you dealt with um, continuing to go and push and go, and then realizing at some point this ain't working? I got to close it down, and now I'm going to start it up. Like, how have you gone through those hills and valleys of your own startup journeys? Yeah, that's been really interesting and rough. I mean, part of it is. Um, having a, a great support system. So, you know, I have a husband that's really, really great with me and recognizes that, you know, the path that I take is not necessarily going to be um, the easy path. And he's okay with with that with me and probably appreciates that about me. 
Um, and I have parents who, you know, have not known what I do for so long that <laughs> it's okay for them to not be able to explain that to their oh my to their um, friends. So that's that's great. That and, is so. I just have to say that that's so true. I, my my parents this past Christmas literally after I I you know we've been doing this company for. Oh my gosh, six and a half years now. They, my mom literally yeah. was like, "I finally think I can say it. I think I can understand it." Now. <laughs> it's so true. Yeah, so you're not a startup anymore. That's that's another <laughs> definition. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, you know, and also I have children, and children, um, you know, at a certain point, you kind of have to not bring in whatever your highs and lows are and actually get up and play a game with them. You know, they're like, okay, whatever, mommy, let's just get up and play. Yeah. So, you know, that helps give me some perspective. Um, and you know, I'm, I'm, I'm confident that, uh, I'm getting something out of the journey. Um, so I'm not as, I'm interested in certainly, uh, certain levels of success and measurable success, but I'm also clear that I'm, I've been, I've been evolved and, and improved as a person as a result of, of going through this. Mm, that's a really, I love that answer. Are you using LinkedIn? Okay, let me ask that another way. Are you really using LinkedIn in a way that truly produces results for your business, like big time? Well, if you're anything like me and so many other businesswomen out there, you probably have a LinkedIn profile set up, but may not really do a lot with it. Or if you're actually on LinkedIn and you're active, perhaps you're not getting the results that you need. That's why you have got to know about LinkedIn Focus. I had the pleasure of sitting down with Niall Nickel, the founder of LinkedIn Focus, so you can see how using the right tools with the right platform can be explosive for your business. So what I love about LinkedIn Focus is that it shoves aside the 8,000 messages that you have about LinkedIn and all these strategies on how to use LinkedIn. It shoves all that aside and gets down dirty right to the point on what works, what what doesn't and how you can really apply it to your business to produce results. It, it absolutely does. I mean, at the bottom of the day, it's a tool. You could get really excited because you get really massive results very quickly. LinkedIn Focus is where I really try to help uh, business and individuals leverage the power of LinkedIn for their goals. If you are not getting business from LinkedIn, then LinkedIn Focus is a must. Just go to linkedinfocus.com forward slash BWR. Tell us a little bit about Snapshore. This is your your third startup that you've done. Tell us a little bit about this. I love this concept, by the way. This is great. Oh, great, great. This is a charm, actually. So um, Snapshore really came about as a result of participating in Startup Weekend. Are you familiar with that? Very, very familiar. We have a very big one, a thriving one here in Tampa. Oh, fantastic. So th- for those of you all who are listening that may not be familiar with it, imagine a weekend-long party where total strangers get together, start a business, test it out, and then present it at the end. Um, All this is for um, guts and glory, usually not too much money, uh, but it's really, really a great experience. So um, I met my my business partner, Syed. Um, I I hadn't known him before, never met him before, but met him at the startup weekend. And when he told me about, you know, his experience of going to the store, and 
this feeling that things are really, really archaic. It's like, you know, in the 21st century and why are we just looking at this mirror and we don't have, we have access to smartphones but we don't have access to experts to help us with this. And, you know, it was something that was just kind of compelling to me. Some Something in the idea of co- being connected to people who can help you make decisions about really, really simple, basic things is something that just resonated with me. Um, so, you know, I spoke with him. Um, and we got on each other's team. We actually went went out to the mall during that weekend and, and just tested out this idea, and I found out that, you know, believe it or not, I'm not that big of a shopper, but we talked to people, and there was this one woman who, who had her boyfriend there just to be the, yeah, that looks great, or no, that doesn't look great kind of person. <laughs> yep. You know, he just the yay or nay carried guy. the purse. <laughs> yeah, and he was like, yeah, so she can't shop without me because, you know, she needs whatever. And he, I mean, it's not that he was forcing on her. She just dragged him in and said, you know, yeah, yay or nay. So, um, we found that this yay or nay thing was a powerful thing. And so, you know, as a result, we, um, we, we built this thing called Snapchat. It's been, um, just about a year now. And we, we created in the app store. Um, and it's something that basically helps you to tap the people that you trust um, your friends, your family, and even experts in our next iteration to get feedback on the things that you want to buy. Um, so, you know, you can get it really easily. Um, you don't have to, like, if you're trying to do this on Instagram or through text, you don't have to scroll through all that information. You can get it back in a, in a, in a quick infographic. And, you know, it's something that solves a, a really, really simple problem but has implications from a business model standpoint. Um, for things like, you know, social shopping, um, uh, kind of in-store merchandising, and that type of thing. So all that stuff just interests me from a business perspective. So in under a year of really getting this thing going, um, talk to me a little bit about what what you really had to pull together because specific specifically in tech startups, you're dealing with programmers. You're dealing with somebody who's going right. to build your app. What has that experience been like for you? How how scary is that to actually work with somebody <laughs> that way or, you know, kind of showing, like giving somebody your idea? Like what kind of stages have you had to go through in order to get this thing really rolling? Absolutely. I mean, I think I've gone through a lot of interesting phases. First, just dealing with somebody that I didn't know and, and just getting to know him. I mean, he... Um, I think the first stage of just the relationship with your co-founder. The very fortunate thing is that I found somebody who's actually a really good fit with me. You know, we're we're both married. We both have young kids, um, but we're both very passionate about what it is we do. So we are people who work hard, but then, you know, if something happens with the kids, then it's not necessarily an explanation of, I mean, they kind of understand. He understands where I'm coming from with that. Um, he's just also has the he has an interest in integrity, and that is something that was very important to me too. So you know that's one thing. And then also neither of us are tech people. So um, we're starting up this tech company. I'm again starting this tech company, and my programming skills are very low. Um, so that was you know kind of interesting in getting beyond my. Um, my hesitation in things and actually kind of plunging in and understanding as much about this, this the tech world as I need to be in order to be credible and also to be able to contribute. Um, and also, you know, another phase of it was 
putting as much research as possible into the product as we could. So um, one of the things, I'm really interested in lean startup methodology, which I'm sure you're, mm-hmm. and, and also your listeners are, are familiar with. And so we did a lot of research and testing before we actually um, got the programmers in and started programming the product. So, you know, a lot of the assumptions that we had, we kind of went in like, oh, there should be a social feed and there should be this and that. And, you know, the data just didn't bear that out. So getting, you know, even though I'm a social scientist scientist and a researcher by by training, sometimes when you're dealing with entrepreneurship and, and creating something, you have this thing in your mind, it's your baby, and you think it should be a particular way. Right. And just being able to be objective about it and say, okay, well, no, that's not what customers think. So, you know, we have to make an adjustment and letting that, drive us versus, you know, who wouldn't this be cute or who wouldn't this shiny thing be great. Right, right. So that's been another thing. And then, you know, just actually just driving towards revenue, driving towards creating value for customers. And that's really what, you know, the phase that I'm in right now, making sure that, um, you know, we have something, uh, we have something that offers value and we have something that um, ultimately, you know, enough people aside from our customers, like our, our end users can, can um, we have something that creates value for a set of stakeholders that ultimately will help us, um, you know, create even more valuable product. Mm-hmm. I think if you, if you create something as an entrepreneur and you're the only business that gets anything out of it, it just makes it, um, less difficult. I mean, less easy to, to make money. When you look at companies like, you know, Facebook and things like that, they, they've got ways to help other businesses make money. And so, you know, to the extent that we're able to do that, I think we can be more successful. Right. Well, I'd love to get your vantage point on an issue I think most tech startups have, um, which is what I call like the chicken and the egg issue, which is, okay, we need a certain amount of users to be able to now go to potential advertisers, let's say, or people who are actually going to fund the yeah. project. But you kind of need the money in order to get the word out to get the users. So how yes. can you give us a landscape of where you are right now? Like how big is your usership? Do Are you talking to advertisers? Are you sort of like where are your energies there? Like what is the landscape of the actual users and people involved with the, the business model of, uh, of Snapshore? Yeah, so we're at, you know, a couple of hundred users. Um, we... And we're also at the point of just refining the product um, with those users. I mean, for us, it's not so much, I mean, I get the chicken and the egg thing, um, but we really, really want to make sure that um, we have the right product um, before we put a whole lot of money around marketing that product. The worst thing we can do is market it and it's just not ready. And, you know, people just kind of look at it and say, oh, that wasn't that useful. Right, right. Um, so for us, you know, it's we're we're still kind of making sure that with the the specific early adopters that it that it resonates, um, and and then we think the rest of it can work. And for for our business model particularly, we're partnering with um, influencers, fashion bloggers, editors, and things like that. Um, so you know, part of our strategy is to partner with people like that who 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 soul. Um, value, not sole value, but a, a lot of their value is the fact that they have these large audiences. So we're going to um, kind of make sure that 
we're offering value to the, the influencers and the audiences that they have is something that, you know, we can kind of attach ourselves to, to the extent that, um, you know, it works for the influencer. What's so, your... you know, we think that's the, the best way to, to go about the user generation. Yeah. What is your vision for Snapshore? Like where, how big do you want this to be? What, what kind of like, you know, evolutions of it do you see? Like what is that ultimate vision that you see for your company? Um, I see a company that basically helps you find your style wherever. Um, we want it to be, you know, I'm answering, I'm, I want to answer your questions one at a time. So <laughs> I, I see, the, I see the, the business being, um, you know, in the, in the hundreds of thousands of users. That's what I'm, I'm really interested in being. And my vision is that, you know, this whole thing of trying to find something that fits you, something that's right for you, um, you know, digging through piles of clothes and stuff that doesn't work isn't your colors and your style and all that, you know, where you, you almost like navigate it to the things that work best for you. So in the same way that Google Maps could take you to exactly the place that you need to go, um, you know, it's my ultimate vision that that Snapchat takes you to the particular items you need that works with your style, your color, your body type, and all that. It just literally takes you there. Like, you know, go into the store and 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 the the, the storekeeper has it sitting at the the counter for you. Ooh, so I like you know, that. yeah, that's. I mean, that's really what I like. I mean, personally, even I, I hate. I don't always feel like I even have the patience to, to actually try to find something. And then, you know, do I even know what's the best thing for me to even wear? You know, so if I can, if I can tap into experts knowledge, if I can tap into the, you know, the idea of just from a location standpoint, being able to be pushed in that direction of this, there's a boutique right around the corner that has exactly the thing that will match the dress that you just bought. That's the type of thing that we, we ultimately like to, to build. Mm. That is very, very cool. I like that. Um, Good. Where uh, have you, in any of these business journeys, can you kind of share with me an oh crap moment that you had and what you did to get <laughs> through it? Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, oh, oh really crap. Um, <laughs> I mean, I've had a couple of those. And that, I, specifically, um, in 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 an earlier iteration, um, not to get extremely deep with you, but um, I I I was a lot younger then, um, and just kind of working this business, um, and I don't think I had insurance at the time, and you know, just working it with a couple of partners. This would be Jazz Digital Marketing. And I just remember going to the doctor and the doctor giving me um, a, a, a diagnosis that was kind of, you know, life-threatening kind of thing. Holy cow. And um, it was in the middle of a huge project. And, um, you know, I kind of had to pull it together with my team um, and, and pretend like everything was okay. But you know, everything wasn't okay. Um, and we literally have to ha- had to, you know, we were in Detroit. Our, our client was in Chicago. We had to have this project ready to go in Chicago, um, you know, on Monday. And I had gotten this diagnosis on Friday. Oh, my and gosh. And 
Yeah, it was just, you know, and then the people on my team saw that there was something going on, and they're like, why aren't you telling us anything? And then it became became, became the thing of, well, you know, I'm not trying to, to be um, disingenuous, but having a conversation about this is not going to help us get us where we need to be, you know, for this, for this project. And it ended up really being um, a learning experience for me um, because what happened was like a week or no, two weeks after I got in this diagnosis, the doctor called me back and said, the test was wrong oh. and you're not, you know, this is not happening to you. And, you know, I'm like, and, the, you know, I was on at the client site, kind of fell out like, oh, you know, oh. help, you know, exactly. So, but during that two-week time period, you know, I went through all kinds of um, conversations with my business partner because it ended up being the case that they really wouldn't work until um, I, I I confided with them of what was happening with me. They were just like, oh, you know, you got to tell us something. Wow. And so I got to understand my relationship with them, what their motivations were in working with me, um, what my motivations were in in starting a business, this is this whole self-examination thing, and also kind of, you know, what's important, who, who do I need to be in the business as a leader of this business? You know, to what extent do I need to put myself uh, in front of the business or not put myself in front of the business? So, um, you know, it's just one of those experiences, um, <laughs> and, you know, I've had a few, where um, it just helped me to examine um, the the idea of entrepreneurship as being a spiritual path instead of just you know kind of a professional one. Mm, I love that. Yeah, it, I I must say this very very often on the show, or we hear it very often from uh, you know my guests that <laughs> owning your own company is one of the best personal development. Uh, you know, programs that you could ever do. And what you just said right. really is exactly that. And um, yeah, that's, that's incredible. Um, so I want to go ahead and uh, transition into our favorite five, our last segment of the show. Are you ready for this? I'm ready for this. All right. Um, what is one of your favorite business books? Hmm. Actually, one of my favorite books one of my favorite business books has to be the E-Myth Revisited. Nice. I have a few, but that's just one that's on my head right now. Nice. That's a great one. Um, okay. How about um, your favorite superhero? Totally. I told you these are going to be random. <laughs> <laughs> favorite superhero. We have, we have a woman with the cape as the brand for Biz Women Rock. Who is one of your favorite superheroes? Huh. Um, let's see, a, a superhero that everybody's heard of would probably, though it's not a woman, it's a uh, Wolverine. Oh, and nice. just from the, yeah, just from the toughness and, um, I think, you know, everybody can kind of relate to being an entrepreneur and, and kind of being able to be beat up and come up, come back. <laughs> <laughs> I love that analogy. <laughs> we have animanthium inside of us. That's what it is. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> okay, number three, how about your favorite place to eat in Detroit? Ooh, um, hmm, there's a few different places. Um, but I'd have to say uh, my favorite place, <laughs> I 
My favorite place to eat in Detroit has got to be right now Traffic Jam. Sure. Traffic Jam what and is Snug. Traffic Jam is like, it's the oldest brew pub in Michigan. And I'm not a beer drinker, but I just have to mention that. Um, they make everything. They make it on cheesy, on bread, and um, they grow their own um, vegetables and things like that. They make their own um, a lot of things. And they have this, these these nachos with white cheddar and black bean that just out of sight. They're great. Nice. All right. So if you're ever up in uh, Detroit, go to Traffic Jam. Okay. And um, question number four. You are this technology startup gal in the tech space, in the startup space. What is your favorite app? Hmm. Aside from Snapshot, <laughs> of course, of course. I, would, I would have to say my favorite app actually is, is Glimpse, um, which I'm not sure if everybody's even heard of that app, but it's an app that allows you to share with people that you want your particular um, position, like um, you know where you are. And so I use it all the time to share with my husband when I'm on my way home. Oh, that's um, a good so idea. So he can see where I am. And if some, you know, if there's a stop or something like that, then he kind of can see what's happening with that, what my speed is and all that. And it's specific to, you know, a time period. So you can share it for, for like 40 minutes or a few hours or 15 minutes or whatever. That's it. That just might save my marriage. Thank you. Because... Um... <laughs> <laughs> I am always late <laughs> and I'm always yes, like, ah, yes. I'm almost there. And he's like, where are you? <laughs> exactly. This is perfect for, for, for <laughs> husband. Or, yes. <laughs> okay. And the very, very last question is what is one of your favorite ways to motivate yourself? Um, I uh, actually it'd have to be nineties. Mid early to mid nineties rap music. Really, really loud. Nice. Very, very nice. Awesome. Okay, favorite song? I I can make you rap on the show if you want to. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I never said I had that particular skill. Like to listen to it, right? Like to listen. What's, what, yeah, to what, listen. Like if you were going to play your your that song to like get you going because you weren't in the mood or whatever, what's that song? Hmm. It'd have to, well, there's, I have a whole little playlist, but it includes uh, Lose Yourself, Eminem's Lose Yourself, nice. um, Rakim's, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, thinking about math, you know, all that. And, and um, yeah, so that's kind of my era. It's huge gold chains and, and, uh, and uh, five-finger rings. That's awesome. <laughs> I love it. Oh, my goodness. Marlo, I really want to thank you so much for your time today. You can go to snapshare.co to go find out more about her awesome app. I just, uh, I really appreciate you being here and for sharing your story. It was wonderful. Okay. Thank you so much, Katie, for having me. Appreciate it. Remember, you can go to bizwomenrock.com forward slash 143 and you'll have access there to all the links that we talked about, all the different tools that she talked about and to her website as well, which you got to check out. I just want to reiterate again how important it is that if you are a startup company and you're just getting your feet under you, it is so important to be around other people, not only other startups, by the way, but just other business owners, other people who think in this space, they're thinking creatively, 
But within the startup space, it's so important because other people are going through what you're going through and you can swap ideas and perhaps like Marlo, maybe you meet your next business partner and maybe it's the exact resource that you guys need in one another. So I cannot stress, stress that enough. If you are not currently involved in any sort of startup or business or entrepreneurial focus group, please go be a part of one. All right. I loved having you here today. Would love to hear what you thought about this. Go to bizwomenrock.com forward slash 143 and leave a comment. I would love to hear from you. Thank you so much for being here. I'll see you on the next episode.